Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, and we know Super Bowl's over. No more football games in a while. Guess what, dudes? There's always football-related gambling topics to discuss. There's always email questions from you. And there's always futures to get into. And other sports as well. We are presented, of course, by betonline.ag. They're the online gaming website of choice for the Even Money podcast with the best odds and the fastest payouts. He is the star of the show. You all already know that, although I kind of whipped that, you know what, on the 2017 NFL season. He is at Fezzik Sports is his Twitter handle. And the only place you can find him, by the way, his name is Steve Fezzik, does a terrific, terrific job. The only two-time, say it with me, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, our guy, Steve Fezzik. I'm the former NFL offensive lineman, Ross Tucker, that thoroughly enjoys going ahead and getting a chance to talk gambling with you guys here. I think it's a growing aspect of professional football. I think it's a growing aspect of all sports, and I think it'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger, which is why I'm glad we got on the front end. And hopefully you guys will tell your friends about it and continue to spread the word. Probably the easiest way to do that, social media, when you just retweet Steve or I. I gave you the Twitter handles, at Ross Tucker NFL. The show is at RTF Podcast. So that's the first place to always tweet out the show. So if you retweet any of those for your friends, that's awesome. If you like it for your friends, that's awesome as well. That's Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We're getting into Steve. We're getting into the NFL futures today. Want to get your thoughts on a bunch of different things. You know, a lot of, a lot of stuff already come out. Super Bowl odds and stuff. Need to get the value from Steve and, and where we should be and maybe where we should not be. All right, so I guess the first question I have for you, Steve, the NFL season's over. Um, we're already looking ahead to next year. I see that the Super Bowl odds are out for next year. You can look at 2019 Super Bowl odds. So 
My question is, what what are the futures things that you can bet now, and what are the 2018 NFL season bets that will come up over the next few months? In other words, what's what's sort of the timeline here? Yeah, so what's up right now is just who is going to win the Super Bowl. Very difficult, those needle-in-the-haystack type bets that I typically don't like to make that have odds in all the teams. The Patriots are the shortest price team. They're 5-1. to one. The Steelers and the Eagles are 7-1, to one, by example. Usually what happens is I wait, and I'll go ahead and wait for the division odds to come up, the conference odds to come up, <clears throat> and then finally the season, the win numbers, how many games over under teams will win. Personally, about 95% of my wagers are on the season wins, not on these needle in the haystack bets. And that is because? It's because the, uh, obviously, if I, if I made eight bets into the futures markets, I could only win one of the eight. Um, and I'd much rather have better information and know that I've got um, a team. If, I, if I'm right on a team, I'm going to win and not have to worry about them going on a playoff run. So basically, like you're saying, I think, Steve, you know, you can theoretically go eight for eight with your season win total bets, whereas with the Super Bowl, if you made eight bets, you can only win one of them. And there's so many factors that go into who ultimately wins the Super Bowl. You know, the Eagles had an improbable playoff run. It's just not worth it. Exactly. Once Wentz went down, I think a logical conclusion would have been hey, you know, let me look towards the Vikings. Let me look towards the Saints. Um, you'd have a lot of choices in the NFC, and none of them would have been the Eagles uh, middle of December, especially after Wentz was so bad against the Cowboys and um, against the Raiders. So uh, because of that, I'd rather stick with the season wins. But, you know, I tell you what, Ross, you're, the numbers on the uh, futures, though, can lead you to success with the season wins. If I may, can I talk about the AFC South? Yeah, sure. But yeah, go for it. Yep. I, I got other questions for you about this, but go for it. Okay. So if we look at the AFC South, I'm taking a look at the futures odds. Um, and I'm not surprised by that. The Jaguars are 20 to one to, to win the Super Bowl, And the Texans are also 20 to one. And that makes a lot of sense. If you dig into the Texans, it's like, if, well, if Watson comes back healthy, they get Merciless back on the defense, they get J.J. Watt back. You can see that team making a quantum leap at being so much better. And even the Colts, if luck comes back, are going to be much better. Well, that leaves a playoff team, the Tennessee Titans, that basically were pretty healthy last year. They're going to be the odd man out. And you see the Titans being lined at 40-1 to 1, along with the Colts. But I think it's pretty clear, you look at those futures odds on that division, I think the Titans are a clear-cut last-place team. We're probably going to get a 7.5 on their season win number because they made the playoffs last year. That will probably be a later selection. Okay, so then you said that the um, conference and division stuff comes out. Do you, ever, do you ever bet any of these, Steve? Like the conference, division, any of them, or only season win total? I do bet more on the division, and I'll go ahead and bet the conference at times. A lot easier to bet the AFC 
than the NFC. Let's think about the AFC. You've got the Patriots, the clear-cut favorite, but Brady's going to be 41. What if Brady really is showing his age and there's no effective backup quarterback and not that they'd ever replace him, even if he was terrible for a year. And you've got the flaky Pittsburgh Steelers. After that, you don't have a whole lot of depth at all in the AFC. Contrast that with the NFC with really good teams in all the divisions and lots of good teams in the NFC South. So a conference that I may well make would be in the AFC because of the lack of depth. Okay, so then looking at the, the what I'm looking at right now, at uh, football locks, it has the Patriots with the best odds at six to one, then the Steelers at ten to one, then the Packers, Vikings, Eagles all at twelve to one, Falcons, Cowboys, Texans, Rams, Saints at twenty to one. Um, do you look at any of these and say any of them are surprising or any of them uh, are are really not where you would have them? Oh, I think the Eagles at twelve to one. It was twelve, you said. The one I'm looking at right now, I just pulled it up, yeah. I think you could bet the Eagles at 12-1. to 1. I mean, the Eagles certainly have, have the potential to be very good if Wentz comes back at 100%. I don't see that team missing a beat. So I think you got solid value if you get a, at, at, at above 10-1. to 1. I'd grab the Eagles. If there are people out there, Steve, that really like to do these, this is like – for whatever reason, I always think of this as like the Phil Mickelson bet. Didn't he take a team one time that had really bad odds and they won? I can't remember who it was, but um, he famously put like a hundred, a uh, thousand bucks or a hundred something on a team with really low odds and ended up winning it. For people that like this stuff, they like the twelve to one, twenty-five to one, whatever it was. Do you have any any insight, recommendation, tips for how they should go about it? Yeah, maybe Phil got a tip from Billy Walters because they worked together a little bit and got into all kinds of trouble um, with some insider sports betting um, information along with stock insider trading. Uh, my number one tip would be, although it's fun to look at a big, big underdog, the Vegas has pretty much put the kibosh on offering that. The reason being, one year the Minnesota Twins won the World Series and Vegas was paying 200 to 1. And then the Kurt Warner Rams came along, greatest show on turf, and Vegas paid out the Rams at around 200 to 1 as well. And from that point forward, Vegas stopped offering what I would call close to fair odds on any of the long shots. So typically the 50 to 1 team should be more like 200 to 1. It's almost impossible to find value in that area. Your value typically would be more towards the teams that would be like one of the top 10 favorites. Yep. I, uh, I think that's well said. Are there any other teams? I don't know if you've gone through the whole list, but any other teams that stand out to you? I mean, obviously last year, you know, you, you had told people you were kind of high on the Eagles. They would have been, I don't know, probably at least in the middle of the pack. Are there any other teams here that you look at and think, Hmm, I could see, you know, this team or that team providing pretty good value, even maybe one of the long shots. You know, the one long shot that I was looking at, um, what do you have the Broncos at? Are you showing about 40 to 1 there? 40 to 1. It, if they were able to get a quarterback, the defense is in position. Their skill position players are good enough. They obviously won a Super Bowl recently, but they have absolutely no quarterback. So with the wheeling and dealing that goes on here in the next few months, there's a team 
in Denver that could suddenly become a contender if they can just get a guy that can throw the ball. Yeah, I, that's a, that, that's a that's a good point. If you kind of had a uh, an uh, an idea of where it's kind of interesting that the Redskins are seventy five to one, even after they're supposed to get Alex Smith. You know, I mean, I would have thought that they'd be a little bit a little bit higher than that. You know, that's like the sixth worst odds. So they yeah, really but, don't think very much of the Redskins and or Alex Smith. I think the the problem with the Redskins is that Alex. Alex Smith, you know, had all those weapons in Kansas City and Washington, of course, jettisoned their wide receivers last year. So it was a a minor miracle that Kirk Cousins was able to keep the offense rolling. The defense was the problem. And of course, you've got the Eagles and you've got probably a much improved Cowboy team in their division. So a lot stacked up against Washington. Um, all right, so that's that's pretty interesting. So, all right, I think Denver's a pretty good option for people. So the, the, the synopsis is we don't really recommend this, but if you're into it, know that the, the, the teams with big odds aren't as big as they should be um, because of Vegas there. So you're almost better off going with an Eagles 12 to 1. How about the Niners by the way, Steve, at 25 to 1? I mean, you know, that they're up there with the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Jags, the Panthers. That's a lot of respect for the Niners. They were they were awful last year until Jimmy got there. Yeah, I'd argue that they were we we can throw their year before Jimmy G arrived in the garbage can. And maybe we should just evaluate them based upon their 5-0 and finish. And I know my power rating on San Francisco was as high as the Eagles at the end of the year. Now, that was before I upgraded them big time when uh, Foles remembered how to play quarterback. But uh, I had the, them as an above-average team last year. And with the whole year of camp to work, I can certainly see the 49ers they could be um, this year's Rams, if you will, that uh, break through and go from six wins to 10 or 11 wins. So that would be a team with high variance that you could take a flyer on. Okay, so when so usually you do some conference, you do more division, and then when do the win total numbers come out? That's the big question because no one really wants to stick their neck out first for any kind of real limit. Because if you put a bad number up, example, the South Point in Las Vegas opened up the season win numbers last year, and it's impossible to get all these teams right, especially early in the cycle. I remember they put the Jaguars, I think it's six and a half wins, and the pros pounded the over. They put New England at only 11 wins. The pros pounded the over. It's easy to get beat up on if you, if you post a team's number that's wrong by over a game. So it's a wait and watch and um, see who wants to put them out first. Interesting, but can't they just adjust it quickly or can't they have low limits? Sure, but at some point you get embarrassed if the limits are too low. For instance, here in Las Vegas, CGT Technologies Cantor put up the MLB season win numbers already, but there was a lot of flack that they took because they only had a $500 limit on these, and some players were limited to $200. And because of that, instead of really positive publicity, there was some negative publicity. Hey, you're supposed to be the biggest bookmaker in town. What's the point to put up 
um, with much um, fanfare that you're the first to the market if you're really not taking any substantial bet on these things. Got it. Okay. And it's not like a any publicity is good publicity thing. It probably is still good publicity, but you want to make sure that you've got your cards lined up that if you're going to go ahead and, and actually go to the market, I would say if you're a major book, you want to be able to take $1,000 on, um, on, on all this in the NFL. So let's think about that. If you put the Jaguars up at 6.5, you take one bet over 6.5, then you move $0.20, cents, and then you take a second bet over 6.5, lay $1.30. You see where I'm going. That's basically $2,000 that you're going to lose because the number was just way off. You get enough of those. On your first day, you open them up. You're basically losing eight thousand dollars on um, by just having to adjust all these numbers. That's not the best business model. Okay, well then, um, let's get into some of the some of the the teams that you are liking that you'll be looking to back this year, or teams that maybe you'll be looking to fade. I mean, obviously, we don't know the win total numbers yet. And you already hinted at, you know, the Titans a little bit and some of the other teams in the AFC South and the Broncos or whatever. But based on what we know now and based on kind of looking back on the season before there's any more um, insight, you know, any more change in terms of personnel, who are some of the teams right now that you think you're going to like and some of the teams that you think you're likely to fade? I think the dynasty is over in New England. Brady is 41. Every other quarterback that doesn't eat kale on a daily basis stops performing at 40. He has no backup quarterback anymore. I have to feel that Tom is finally going to regress this year. So the Patriots losing Patricia for their defensive coordinator, I think that they're in trouble this year versus the expectations, making them the clear-cut favorite. Um, That would be one that would certainly be on my list and I guess I'm just a pessimist when it comes to these teams. I look for teams that I want to bet against, Ross. And the Tennessee Titans, I think, had a dream draw with their, the whole division being down, barely making the playoffs. We saw them get blasted in the playoffs, finally, by a New England team that was starting to leak oil. I think that uh, the Titans are going to be a last-place team. How do you account for like new coaches like Vrabel and what he might be able to do with the Titans? Very difficult because you don't have any data on them. All things being equal, I would tend to fade and not back a brand-new coach. It's a big learning curve to suddenly have to step into that position. And if you look at the the against-the-spread records of all the existing coaches, most of them are pretty good. Most of them are above 50%, and there's a reason for that. There's so many flame-outs, guys that last a year, year and a half, two years, and are never a head coach again, it is very difficult to become a brand-new head coach. And frankly, we saw um, that with the Chargers last year, that early on, Coach Lynn was just out of his element, and the Chargers were 0-4 despite having a great squad before you blinked. And then I think he started to figure some things out, and obviously the Chargers with that talent improved greatly. Haven't a lot of the Sharps, quote-unquote Sharps, lost a lot of money in recent years, fading the Patriots for the reasons that you mentioned and or backing the Browns? Absolutely. The, the reason that the Sharps, I'm going to call them the math geeks. Can I call them that? Yeah. Let's call them the math geeks. So they run their numbers and they look in, in terms of the basics, just how effective a team is 
um, moving the ball and stopping the ball on defense yards per play. So New England always has average yards per play stats. I think they were plus point two. Don't hold me to this. I don't have my spreadsheet in front of me. Um, so they gained like five point eight yards per play and gave up five point six, something like that. So barely better than a five hundred team. The Browns were pretty much equal. Their offense looked as good as their defense from a pure yards per play perspective. Well, how can you go 0-16? Well, you do that when you're something like minus 27 on turnover differential. Kaiser absolutely could not take care of the ball. You'd have covers in hand against teams like the Jaguars where they turned the ball over in the final minutes and the Jaguars got a defensive touchdown. That would happen over and over and over again, and the math geeks would refuse to believe that it was sustainable, that Cleveland really could be that bad with things like that. Um, by contrast, New England, they do all the little things on special teams and the like to win the game. Example, when they kick off, they're great at kicking off to the two-yard line and pinning the other team back in in big games rather than kicking in the end zone and let the other team start at the 25. And the pretty good analytic guys, but not the great analytic guys, always get it wrong and say, oh, I don't have them power rated very high, not realizing that when you, you figure that in, they are indeed the best team in the NFL. Any other team? So you're fading the Patriots based on what we know now. You're, you'd be fading the Titans. Any other teams or are those the only two that you're thinking about right now? Those were the first two that absolutely stood out. You know, one team that's interesting is the chemistry in Pittsburgh. It'll be real interesting to see. You know, they had a little bit of, of a rocky road in terms of focus and in terms of some of the comments of the players. Bell talking about how he's unhappy. Um, the team looking ahead to New England, not to Jacksonville. That team still so full of talent. Be interesting to see what the locker room looks like come uh, the uh, summer camp. All right. Well, we, we're going to get into some email questions next week, certainly, Steve. But we also we dip our toes in other sports. There's a bunch of cool email questions and email comments for next week, among other topics that we'll get into. But I know that there was at least one um, – NBA-related discussion that you wanted to have revolving around the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, so let's talk about who's going to win the NBA East because we talked about how we don't like these needle-in-the-haystack futures bets when there's so many different teams that can win. Well, really, there's only three teams realistically that can win the East right now in the NBA. Cleveland, Toronto, and Boston. And all three of those teams were um, right about at 2-1, to one to win the Eastern Conference when Cleveland was scuffling along, playing no defense, playing terribly. The trade deadline was Thursday, and Cleveland completely re-engineered their team, picked up four new guys, got rid of Wade, who was, who was aging, got rid of Isaiah Thomas, who was a complete terrible fit in Cleveland and was even making negative comments about the team effort and how they were doing. And they got rid of Crowder, who was never a good fit for the team. So they got rid of three guys that really weren't helping the team at all and picked up four new guys. Who knows um, who's going to be more important, but picked up three guards. Hill's going to become their new point guard. Clarkson's going to come in off the bench and they've got a replacement now for the injured Kevin Love. Larry Nance can, can, can fill in there until Love comes back. Bottom line is the Cleveland's 2-0 and since the trade. And they just went into Boston and bombed Boston with their new squad that isn't even used to playing together by 20-plus points. Now, Cleveland is pick 'em 
to win the East. So you can actually bet, will Cleveland win the NBA East? And there's a yes, no. You can bet yes at even money. You can bet no at minus 130. So you can start talking about, you know, um, is this um, Cleveland renaissance here with these new guys, is this, are they really indeed the favorite? Or are we, they going to regress back to the old Cleveland this year that played no defense and really was playing terribly. It's a fascinating handicap. Well, what are, what are you thinking? What are you recommending to people? Well, I recommended they bet Cleveland when they were still at close to two to one. I bet them close to two to one. Now that they're a pick 'em, I'm starting to lean towards the field, especially because I, I, I don't think Boston could beat Cleveland, but Toronto is really playing well. They played well all year long. I get it. The book on Toronto is they always play well and they flame out completely in the playoffs. I think this could be the difference this year. I think Toronto could well have value in the future pools. And um, now that now the odds keep going up on Toronto as Cleveland is playing well, I'm waiting for them to get even higher, hoping to get Toronto. Oh, probably at like say three to one. If uh, Cleveland keeps having good success with their new roster. Steve, that was awesome. It always is. We always end up talking about more stuff than I realize we're going to talk about. I always learn something each and every week. I think that's why a lot of people, even people that don't gambling, that don't gamble, not they don't gambling, they don't gamble, listen here to the Even Money Podcast. Now, if you do want to take some of Steve's tips, the place to do it is betonline.ag. You use the promo code EVENMONEY on your first deposit, and you earn a 50% welcome bonus, which is up to $2,500 worth of sportsbook free plays. They've been in service almost two decades for U.S. bettors, so it's the ideal destination for all of your football action this season. Look, they've got the most props. They've got state-of-the-art live betting software. You have more chances to bet and win at betonline.ag than you would anywhere else. Make sure you take advantage of the risk-free $25 on your first live bet. Last but definitely not least, when it comes time for a payout, your winnings will be delivered on time every time. Payouts have never, never been faster again just make sure you're using the code even money so you score that $2,500 bonus terrific stuff as always Steve you guys know how much we appreciate when you spread the word via social media it's a really easy thing to do you're getting this content for free so if you don't take advantage of the sponsors like even money you know the code even money at betonline.ag what we really appreciate and kind of need you guys to do is spread the word via social media. We gave you that stuff earlier at Ross Tucker NFL at Fezzik sports. We both tweeted out as does Brian at RTF podcast on Twitter, or just a like on Facebook. It's the easiest thing in the world. Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or the iTunes rankings, comments. Those are really helpful for us. Downloading on multiple devices when you're bored, or even um, Amazon, PayPal, or any of the sponsors over at RossTucker.com. Other than that, 
I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.